Hello and welcome to Edgeguard. My name's Blake. Jordan, are you there? <coughs> yes, yes, I'm here. Jordan's here. Great. Jordan, today we're going to talk about hell. A game set in hell. Well, ambiguously in hell. There are devils. And, and there are also daggers. <laughs> today we're talking about devil daggers. Yeah. Which is a, uh, a first-person shooter... Uh, definitely inspired by like the sort of 90s like quake doom yep. sort of style of shooter feels very and it's basically yeah see i think it looks really quake and it feels really doom yes but, uh, but basically it's it's you're in like a small arena and a bunch of hellish enemies are thrown at you and you try to survive for as long as possible and uh, and get up on the the leaderboards. Yeah, and that is that's basically what it is. It's true. Uh, there's a lot of like kind of nuance and specificity to yes. Devil Daggers, but broadly, it's like a sort of inspired by '90s first-person shooter survival game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, uh, yeah, it's it may not be like warrant a very long summary, but it has a remarkable amount of depth for how uh, like seemingly uh small it is when you first first load in yeah definitely i mean i don't know about you i've put in probably 15 hours in this game i have put in and eight. i know um eight yeah but that's pretty quick that's been a week you know, just the last <laughs> yeah five or six days yeah even. yeah not even a full week yeah uh so so where do you want to start with this game um well, maybe with this one, let's just start with uh, the basic mechanics. Um, uh, so things to say about that is it's a first-person shooter, but it's all projectile-based. So you're not, you're not aiming uh, straight at what you're shooting at. You've got to lead all your targets. Um, well, so just to be clear, what you mean by projectile-based is that the... So basically, you, you have like... You're, instead of shooting a gun, you have like yeah. your fingers and you're shooting a bunch of daggers out of your fingers. But these daggers, instead of like shooting as quickly as bullets, they shoot a little bit more slowly. Yep. So they, they have to fly through the air to hit their targets. Uh, so you, you do have to like lead targets and they're, they're kind of like shooting out in a stream. Mm-hmm. So you, there's actually no reticle in the game, which is like something that's not very common uh, anymore. True. There's, there's nothing at the center of the screen telling you this is where your shots are going. So you kind of see where your shots are going based on like where this stream of daggers yeah. is, uh, you know, flying out of your fingertips. At. No, nor um, but nor anyway, is there so, a tutorial of any kind. No, nothing. <laughs> um, but anyway, I'll let you continue with your thought. I just wanted to clarify. Um, that. Yeah. So it's an arena shooter and uh, it's, it's very like playing it is just feels so frenetic. Like it's like the, the appeal of it is like, hopelessly fighting back getting overwhelmed and uh in a a literal way no matter how good you are eventually you'll be overwhelmed by enemies um, because they just uh at a certain amount of time they just spawn so much that it is impossible to not die and that's how that's how the game works and it's uh the the world record time is so much longer than my best time it's astounding yeah it's um go ahead yeah, so it's so here's something I want to talk about that uh, prob- may not be super clear is that the so the spawns of enemies uh, are are timed and they are the same every run. Yes, so, that is true. Uh, 
so this is something that is like i feel like has been cast off in modern games with like procedural generation and sort of like randomization being more common you would sort of expect like a a kind of more random pattern but it's definitely like uh at certain second a certain time no matter what every single time uh certain enemies are going to spawn um which which is interesting because you would think that that would make the game easier but it doesn't really. The The locations of these things are still, uh, like, random yeah. in a certain sense. And the paths that and they fly out of the spawns is different every time. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, th- another thing that we should, like, kind of talk about is a lot of the things that are, quote, unquote, spawnings are enemy spawners themselves. So basically, like, the first thing that spawns is, like, this weird sort of floating obelisk with tentacles yes, on the squid, top. squid-like obelisk thing with a gem yeah. that you shoot to kill it. Yeah, but uh, basically it pops up, and then it sprays a bunch of little skulls out of the top, and these little skulls just kind of fly and tumble through the air, and they just kind of fly at you, not super quickly, slower than you can run, and they have like a, a kind of predictable behavior where um, when you turn, they'll have a hard time like turning to follow you. So you can kind of lead them in a straight line and then turn 90 degrees and they'll kind of like mm-hmm. slowly follow you. So their predict their movement is predictable. Then there's also like uh, these sort of horned skulls that are a little bit bigger that um, that I, I guess I'm not really sure exactly what they do, but they just sort of like they go randomly around, around. They just wander. Yeah. 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 And then, a lot most of the enemies in the game are just escalating versions of those so there's a difficult a more difficult spawner with two gems instead of one and it spawns skulls and a uh another skull with horns that will like chase yep. you it chases yep. you like the the smaller skulls but faster, it's faster yeah. and it, it's faster than the player I'm, I'm pretty sure yes it um, still has a worse turn radius than you uh, so you can kite it a little bit but it is very 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 hard to kite it so you gotta kill those yeah yeah, and then there are also some, like, other more difficult enemies. Like, there's these kind of weird spider enemies that will eat the gems that you shoot off the uh, the spawners and turn them into smaller spiders. And then there's, there's like, these, these huge centipedes that come out of the ground, and they have, like, a million yeah. gems on their stomach that you have to shoot. Yeah, and they fly around. So um, I, I guess I sort of want to, like, talk about the, the crux and the design of enemies in these games because <laughs> I know uh, you've... Uh, we st- we played you played the game a little bit while uh, you and I were in Discord together. Yeah, yeah. And you immediately uh, had a comment. Yes, I did. Uh, I was like, oh, yeah. The the design of the enemies is um. So I, after playing it a little more, uh, I do have to pull back my comment a little bit. What I said was that it has orthogonal unit design, which is just a like complicated way of saying that the units are not just like different versions of each other, but they are different in their behavior. Uh, in their appearance, even in the sounds that they make, so that they are like, the second you look at your enemy, you know what it is. It's very different. Um, I have to pull back on that a little bit because the wandering skulls and the seeking skulls look very similar. Um, mm-hmm. And they behave a little, well, I guess they behave very differently, um, but they kind of make similar noises too, like um, when you get close to them. Uh, but for the most part, that's still true. And the game really makes a point of like, um, everything you encounter is like radically different rather than just in the sort of no- normal um, first person shooter uh, kind of way of doing things where it's like you have a dude and then a dude with a shotgun and then a dude with a shotgun with more health. And it's like, they're, they're mm. basically just the same versions of each other. Whereas in this one, it's like you have skulls, more difficult. skulls that f- chase you. 
you have skulls that wander, you have centipedes that are just these huge, way different things. You have spiders that only stay on the edges and they suck up your, uh, your gems. Um, yeah, so I, I found that very appealing. I think that, um, that, uh, when, when like each unit has its own kind of like, like internal logic to it that you can pick up and really master and understand after playing it for a while, uh, it makes it, it's, it's a very satisfying, uh, experience to be able to like master the enemies in that way yeah and i think another thing that the sort of i i would definitely agree that they have what you're calling our orthogonal unit enemy design and that's something that uh is often used to describe uh the enemy design and like the original doom mm-hmm. uh yeah. which is that you have like the zombie men that have uh hit scan weapons which actually i think uh later if we have time i kind of want to talk about hit scan versus projectile <laughs> weapons but uh it'd, it'd be kind yeah. of involved but remind me if we if we want to talk about that okay. but anyway uh they have hit scan weapons and then like the imps ha- shoot fireballs that have to fly towards yep. you that you can dodge um and i felt like the flow of a game like this is similar to doom where a lot of times when i'm in a situation with a bunch of enemies i'm going to prioritize which enemies i have to kill first yes. Because there are certain enemies that are very predictable and really easy to kite, which, if you're not familiar, means to basically run away from them, mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to yes. avoid them without hurting yes. yourself. And basically. then they chase you like a kite, which is, uh, I believe, the origin of that. Yeah, probably. Um, but, but anyway, so like I kind of have like a tier list built, and there's like the sound cues mm-hmm. and the the timing and like the the visual aspect of all these things that have like. So like for me, the second one of the one of the spawners with two gems, like the level two spawners, mm-hmm. I guess I'll call it, uh, like the the horn skull that comes out of those that like pants like a dog. I call them dog skulls <laughs> because it kind of like follows yeah, you around. It does like, sound like it. <sighs> so the second I hear that dog panting, I'm immediately turning around and trying to kill it because like if I'm distracted by trying to shoot things elsewhere, like shoot the gems off the spawners so that they despawn or you know, shoot the, mm-hmm. the centipede or whatever. And if there's one of those things behind me, it's going to get me. So, <laughs> and then like the spiders, obviously, because the spiders eat your gems and we haven't talked about this yet, but the gems, uh, the more you collect, uh, once you collect a certain number, you'll get like, uh, uh, your, you'll shoot more daggers out of your hand. You'll be more powerful mm-hmm. and you sort of up, you can upgrade your weapon, I think three times total. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, levels one through four, but I never have once gotten to level four. So, yeah, that's uh, that's for players better than you. And I think. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so so the spiders will eat your gems and turn them into smaller spiders that'll kind of like run around on the ground and try and kill you. So usually the second a spider spawns, they also make like this nasty like. Yes, it is kind of gross. It's like a little wet sounding. It's ugh. Yeah, I mean, I think in general the sound design of this game is very like good. Really yeah. Good yeah. in like a gross way. Like this game sounds like hell. Yes. Like <laughs> every sound in it, like you just spawn in, it's just like, and it's just like all these horrible, just like, yes. it's like sputtering out these little skulls that are just like, yeah, I, I think the sound it's designer like, of this game must have had just a f- great time designing it because it is, there's some really interesting noises, some really weird noises. And then also, it's like just really good uh, in how it like feeds into the mechanics. Like, uh, once you've played it a few times, you recognize all of the enemy noises on, like, the second you hear them. Like, you hear the noise of skulls coming out of the spawner, you recognize it. You hear the sound of the horn dude right behind you, you recognize it. 
Yeah, and it's like it becomes really important because especially like later on you need to be killing enemies fast. I feel like this game is a lot about just like managing easier enemies so that you can kill harder enemy mm-hmm. enemies. Yeah, because it's like Jordan was kind of mentioning that like you die because you get overwhelmed most of the time. Occasionally you'll die because you like make a stupid mistake, but mm-hmm. most of the time it's because you're being overwhelmed by the number of enemies. So like the better you get at like uh sort of understanding the behavior of each of the lesser enemies or really any of the enemies and understanding like how you can avoid them and like sort of knowing when to kill what and being good at killing them is like kind of how you are successful at this game yeah um it it feels a little um like a really well done and elaborate arcade game almost like i mean this is kind of oh arcade style i think is what you would call um something like this and that it's um it's timed and it's about going as long as possible um and and the scoreboard feels very arcade in a way that was sort of like a charmingly nostalgic of of uh, how arcade games work um yeah i i really liked that i thought that was fun yeah, definitely if this were in an arcade, it would definitely eat a lot of my quarters because <laughs> a lot of times I'll just like sit down and be like, I'll do a couple rounds and then you do you start you get close to your old record and you're like, oh, I got to go again. I got to go again. Yes, it has it has a really like strong case of like one more game itis, like mm-hmm. I'm like it takes like 3 minutes tops. I should I'll play again. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um so that's a uh, another thing I want to talk about is um the uh, kind of a cool extra feature which is that the uh so there's a leaderboard in the game and next to every entry in the leaderboard uh oh yeah it'll, oh yeah sort of there'll be like there'll be like a friends leaderboard and a global leaderboard mm-hmm. and even in the global leaderboard they'll all have a little like eyeball icon next to them and you can click them and it'll download a replay and you can watch any replay in engine yeah so it's not like you're watching a video you're like I'm not sure exactly how it works, but you're like watching the game be played in the game's engine, yeah. you know, at 60 frames a second. Uh, so uh, you can like go and watch the current world record holder and feel sad about how much worse you are at the game than him and how you'll never be as good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that is um, sort of a fun little uh, way that that interacts with the fact that there's no tutorial. Is that's a great way to learn. It's like. Um, click on your friends replays and see how they do things. And it's like, Oh, okay. That's how I get past that part. Um, yeah. And, and actually that, that kind of reminds me that, so this game came out in February of 2016, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, and we're just playing it now, but I actually, uh, bought it and played it when it originally came out because it, it was actually, this is probably maybe the most popular game we've played thus far. Uh, yeah, in that like when it came true. out there was there was kind of like a lot of buzz about it just like within you know game journalists and game developers they were kind of like yo this game is great mm-hmm. um, and so I was playing it along with everybody else so like every day you'd go on and the world record had been doubled or you know someone had finally like oh, punched really? through and gotten better and it was crazy and, mm-hmm. and you were like seeing people figure out the mechanics that like by now everyone knows but like uh there's a there's a ton of little mechanics that are never explicitly explained like the gun 
if you just hold the the right mouse button, it shoots out the stream of daggers. But if you click it quickly, it does like a shotgun blast of daggers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and if you like jump and then do the shotgun blast at the ground right after you leave the ground, that it'll like pop you super high in the air. Yep. And um, what's the other one? Oh, and if you uh, jump while uh, while you're running, if you do like little shallow bunny hops, you actually move more quickly. Yeah, that was something that I learned from watching replays and made me so much better at that game because it is just yeah so much easier to avoid the little regular skulls when you're bunny hopping yeah yeah and also i'm not positive about this but i'm relatively certain that you move quicker when you move diagonally uh because that was actually like i think in quake i'm not sure it's one of the sort of old 90s first person shooters that inspired this game uh it was like technically a bug but it was just in the game that uh if you move just forward or strafe left or strafe right you move uh, like one speed but if you move diagonally so if you basically press like the forward key and the the right key at the same time you move a little bit faster because it's like adding the two vectors together yeah yeah and not clamping it so it's like uh and i'm pretty sure this game does that as well that if you move diagonally you move a a tiny i did not actually know that yeah that might be that might not be accurate but i'm I'm pretty sure um yeah uh which actually kind of reminds me like to talk about the development of this game a little is developed by a group called sorath or sorath i don't know s-o-r-a-t-h um but anyway it was started by this guy called matt bush who worked on uh, a kind of indie darling uh, called Dust Force, which I don't know if you've played it, Jordan, but I it's like not, a no. two-dimensional, it's like a platformer, but it's it's like super challenging and it's it's got a really cool feel to it. But anyway, I'm, I'm relatively certain that he's a, a programmer. A lot of this that I'm relaying right now, I heard back when the game was new, you know, over a year ago. And so I'm a little bit fuzzy on it. I couldn't find like where I had heard this, but basically he, uh, after Dust Force, he was like, okay, well I can kind of do some stuff. Dust Force was successful. So I kind of just want to like see if I can make my own game engine that looks like Quake or like looks like a hmm. 90 shooter so that he like just custom made this engine like the sound the visuals everything about it was made to like evoke that aesthetic and i think it is incredibly successful yes it just looks it really like is. a game that came out in like 1997 mm-hmm. that everyone you know was <laughs> crushing their pcs <laughs> in 97 because they just like wanted to play it and have it look good and sound good <laughs> and all that yeah um yeah, I mean, it looks kind of, I don't know, it looks kind of like it's 97, but it also looks kind of like polished pixel art in the way that, like, like, it looks pixely, but, like, polished in a way that, like, 90s games don't, but games that are calling back to 90s games do, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the the, the best, like, 2D pixel art uh, nowadays, where when you look at it, you say, oh, yes, that looks like this era that looks like an 8-bit game yeah. or a 16-bit and then you game, look at really if you look games, at a 60-bit yeah. game you're like oh it like it looks how you re- like how you remember an idealized version of it yeah 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 um, um go ahead. Uh, so one thing that i thought would be fun to talk about uh because this game is so much about like uh target prioritization and like just frantically working to not get overwhelmed i thought it'd be fun mm-hmm. to see how closely our like target prioritization strategies line up um so uh i don't know do you want to you want to go first say no you can go okay first. um 
So I would say that absolute number one priority for me is spiders when they come up. But mm-hmm. uh, if there is a um, homing skull like close behind me, like I can hear it, it's so close to me, mm-hmm. then that does take priority because it might kill me. Um, besides that, then I do the spiders. Um, then I do um, usually all the all the skulls that are the horned skulls. Um, and then when it comes to the spawners, uh, for a while I prioritize the big ones because they create the seeking dudes. But I mm. actually I actually found that I was having much more success killing the smaller spawners first because the skulls that come out of the smaller spawners, since they just run around wildly, it's much Ooh. harder to clean them up because they are just like off somewhere in a corner. Whereas the heat-seeking skulls, I can always trust that they'll be right behind me and I can just turn around and oh, mop okay. them up quickly. So I'll like... That's a, I'm, actually, I'm actually glad you mentioned that because I watched your current like highest score replay mm-hmm. and I was wondering why you killed those spawners yes, first. Yes, so that's why. So I would like... You'll notice that I train my like uh, my shots over it so I, I can usually kill the skull the second it comes out. I don't have to chase it at all. And then because I'm over there anyways, then I kill the spawner. And then by then the heat seeking skull is caught up to me and I can just turn around and kill it right away. Mm, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that all? Or well, and then like pretty low priority is the centipede cause it doesn't really chase you. It's just kind of in the way. Um, and yeah. it's really hard to kill it if you have to worry about anything else. Um, because Absolutely. you kind of just have to stand underneath it and hold your daggers on it. And it just like, it flies over you and you just hold your daggers in place and hit all of them. That's kind of the yeah, I hit a billion gems, which is by the way, I call it like, like unzipping the unzipping. The thing, yeah. Basically, that's a good yeah. Way. Cause it has like the gems all down the, its stomach and you just like, basically the easiest way to do it is just to stand in one spot. And as it, it sort of flies in like a snake like path through the mm-hmm. air. And so just like kind of get it in front of it. So it comes right at you. And then just like, sit there and hold unzip it as it flies by yeah, yeah. and that is incredibly satisfying it is especially when you, when you like get it right it in one go it's incredibly yeah, it's unsatisfying like, when you miss the first one because like the, the yep. like um shape of its head makes it so sometimes when it's doing its little snake like crawl its head will block your view from its uh first gem and you'll miss only the first gem it's like oh why why god yeah, it's a uh, it's a little bit. It's it's very unsatisfying when you. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel unfair though. Usually, it's because I was too slow or I had the angle wrong or something. But sure. Uh, but anyway, I I guess I'll tell you about like sort of my uh, priority here. It's mostly the same. Uh, I guess the ma- the major difference is that I would uh, basically so for a, a long stretch, kind of after you get past that. Uh, um, it's after the first spider yeah after the first spider then it just keeps it'll spawn a uh, uh, level one spawner level two spawner at the same time yep, yep. and it'll, it just sort of keeps doing that and so where you were prioritizing the level one spawners what i would do is i would turn to the level two spawner shoot at it and get its first gem before it even spawns its enemies and then i would try and shoot basically what you what you were saying is like shoot the enemies above the spawner yeah and then run up to it and shoot the second gem and then go for the other one but i'm i was curious why you were targeting those other ones and i wonder if that might have worked 
better because yeah. you, you were able to get a significant I don't know that it makes a huge difference at that step um, I think it is probably yeah, but, later. but later after you've killed the centipede um, uh, there's a moment there's a little while before you get your uh, level 3 upgrade um, mm-hmm. and uh, I found that I was just much it was much easier for me to get the final gems I needed to get the level 3 upgrade if I was doing it that way um, yeah, you probably, you probably get gems faster because killing the, the skulls with horns, whether it be the ones that just kind of fly around randomly mm-hmm. or the ones that, uh, the dog ones that like yeah. chase after you gives you a gem. Uh, and so it probably would be behoove you to like kill those first because the dog ones are going to chase you constantly. So getting their gem is going to be easier. Yeah. So it probably does like yeah. allow you to farm gems faster. Yeah. I mean, uh, I should make it clear that, um, I was watching the like top players and they usually get the level three upgrade like from the centipede and that's because what they do is they let they don't kill the spawners they let them keep shooting out skulls because you can get extra gems from the uh uh horned skulls but that's i try i tried that a few times it is hard hard. (laughs) yeah Yeah. you have to be way better at kiting and managing those enemies than i am same um so here's a, another thing that I thought would be fun, which is uh, what, if anything, did you learn by watching my replay? I don't know how many, many um, times you watched my replays. Uh, bunny jumping. If, like, early on. And also I learned that you can jump higher from shooting the floor. Um, I learned I learned a bunch because like I watched yours like at the very beginning. So I learned that yeah. uh, jams give you uh, power-ups. Um, okay. I think that's the big stuff. Oh, and I learned... Um, to kill the centipedes by unzipping them. Ah, nice. Yeah. So, uh, although I have played this game a lot more than you, I did actually learn, well, it's not something necessarily that I learned, but it's like something that I was kind of like, Oh, you know what? That's probably is a good idea, which is that, um, a lot of times, uh, especially at the beginning of the game, when the spawners are spawning and I'm just like shooting at the top of the spawner to try and get all the little skulls before they hit the ground is I would just kind of like, I would just blast the shotgun or I just kind of like swirl my mask around and shoot indiscriminately. And when I was watching you, you were like very carefully, like trying to aim at each one and hit it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I I guess I hadn't really thought about like, I thought that just like, Oh, the daggers are flying kind of slowly. So it's like going to be imprecise anyway. So I might as well just like kind of shoot them out indiscriminately, but you were killing them a lot faster than I was. So I actually started focusing on doing that. And I, it did actually help me like, farm the skeletons more quickly uh, in the early yeah, game in the yeah. late game like when your gun is upgraded the shotgun gets really useful so basically like yeah, if yeah. i've cleared everything i'll just turn around and just blast the shotgun into the crowd and, just and kills clear them that way yeah, that's really satisfying another yeah. thing about this game is like it is a lot of little things that are very satisfying like just the fact mm. that um it there are so many of the like basically unthreatening little dudes and you, mm-hmm. your gun upgrades—not your gun, your daggers or whatever—upgrades to the point yeah. where um, you just like obliterate all of them by like clicking once. Uh, that yeah. is just like <laughs> really satisfying. Yeah. If you have a huge horde following you and you just turn around for half a second and just <laughs> like destroy all of them and turn back around. Yeah, and also just, like, watching the stream of daggers. Like, at first, like, when you watch it, it's, like, cool. But as the stream gets bigger and bigger, because, like, the way they kind of just, like, fly out of your fingertips is, like, it's just pleasing looking. They're just, like... (gasps) Yeah. Yeah, I would just... my There's, like, one word that I use to describe this game is frantic. It's just, like... There's just, like... In the, the, the animation of the daggers, it's, like... 
it's always just like more, more, more. And they, I, f- mm. I feel like the daggers, like they kind of move. It looks like they're kind of like frantically moving through the air as you shoot them. It's just like, yeah. It, it, and like, uh, as you upgrade it, like you're, it starts making this like sound as you shoot it. It's like, <laughs> and it like, it's like higher pitched <laughs> the longer you hold it. Yeah. It's like that, but a little it's less, a little less dolphin like, but, um, <laughs> well, I can't do it, but it's like makes this like high pitched, like screeching sound and it gets like higher pitched yeah, as you yeah. hold it. And it's just like, you're just like, ah, it, it feels like these skulls are trying to drag you into hell. And you're just like, no, I'm going to shoot my hand daggers at you. Yeah. Fuck you. Oh, another thing that it does that's a little thing that is very satisfying is the way the, um, the game like slows down when you get your power up. Oh um, yeah. Be, I mean, I played it so many times that the, the first power up was kind of not, a big deal Mm-mm. but like i i'm still at the point where i don't always make it to the third power up i still mm-hmm. haven't quite mastered that but I, I get it a good amount of times and when i get the third power up and i'm just like i'm about to get overwhelmed and you just get upgraded and then you can just obliterate yeah. everything it's like very very yeah. fun definitely very satisfying when like because in case it's not clear right when you get the power up time slows for probably like 10 seconds it goes down to like half speed yeah, yeah. so you like not only do you get a new weapon but also time is halved so you just like turn around at all the stuff behind you and you're like guess what guys i'm back <laughs> <God>! <laughs> yeah that, that was very fun um uh other mechanics that we haven't talked about, I guess the biggest one is once you have the third upgrade, and you can also do this in the fourth upgrade, um, you can right-click to shoot off homing daggers, which they basically seek for enemies rather than just fly, um, but they use gems. So uh, when you right-click, it shoots out 10 daggers, and you lose 10 gems. Um, oh, how did you know that you lose gems? So that I learned by looking up on... a. Um, on on the wiki or something because I was like uh, I was confused why the um, the like top guy wasn't using them more uh, Mm. during level three Uh, Mm -hmm. I was like it seems like the gem it seems like the homing daggers it's like just spam them they're so good Um, but uh, yeah it's because if you spam them while you have level three then it's slowing yourself down to get level four sure sure yeah huh Interesting. Well, is there any other like big mechanics you wanted to talk about? Um, oh, one thing I didn't want to say is I spent the longest time trying to figure out how to make the uh, like rocket jump useful. Like, yeah. Um, and I like it never Good. came up. Um, but it did come up one time, which is after you uh, kind of late in the game, like uh, maybe like two hundred fifty seconds or something like that. So like four, four around four minutes. Um, Mm -hmm. you, these like upgraded centipedes come, which are like way bigger and way longer. And Mm -hmm. three of them appear at once. And I, they kind of swarmed around me and I was trapped. I was like, Oh God, I can't get out. And I was like, Oh, and so I, I I shot the ground and jumped out of it and then died 10 seconds later. But (laughs) well, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I've never managed to use it successfully. Yeah. Literally. That's the one time I've used it for something. (laughs) useful um yeah cool all right well uh if you'll if you'll bear with me then i kind of want to talk about that that like pretty technical thing i mentioned earlier the hit scans yes because it's actually like 
a pretty there's like a pretty interesting reason why why that has become the norm in games. Why hitscan has um, interesting. Hitscan has yeah because so basically. This is going to get a little technical. Bear with well, me. I, well, the uh, short version here's I just want to guess first. It seems like sure. hitscan would be easier to implement. Um, is that is that even true? Um, well, I guess I'm not necessarily certain, but the techno like how hard it is to actually implement the technology because uh, it's called ray casting is what you would normally use, but almost every engine has ray casting built into it. Oh, uh, uh, so, okay. So, so unless you're writing your own engine, uh, it's much simpler, uh, because basically, uh, the way that a game engine generally works is that it, r- the game is engineered to run at a certain frame rate, um, or not, not, not necessarily to run at a certain frame rate, but there are checks that are supposed to happen a certain number of times a second. So there's like basically a, a function, a programming function that gets called. Generally, it's every frame, but if you get to really high frame rates, then it usually gets capped at like 60. Um, so it's basically a function that is getting called 60 frames a second that checks the status of all the everything in the game and makes decisions about it. So when you have something like a gun, if I decide to shoot at another character um, with a hit scan weapon, basically the second the bullet leaves the uh, would the second I pull the trigger on this, that frame, once it hits that function, it will say, okay, where exactly is he aiming? And it might have some like variables to like change like accuracy or that sort of thing. But basically it'll draw a, a ray. So a straight line infinite, infinitely outward from the weapon uh and if it hits an enemy then that enemy will take damage for it so that's what uh quote unquote hit scan is it's just casting a ray on that frame but how something like devil daggers works is that uh when i hit the trigger it just creates the dagger physically in the game and then that has its own physics that propel it forward in successive frames and then if in a later frame that dagger hits an enemy then they'll take damage um and that's not a very common way to do uh weapons like firearms guns that are shooting projectiles Mm -hmm. because um the problem is most gun games that are about shooting are based on like sort of modern military technology or military technology from the last you know hundred years which uh so the thing is is that bullets travel a lot faster than you think so a lot of times it will happen actually i know this because i experienced it firsthand on a game i had that had shooting in it where i was trying to do model it like devil daggers and i actually had to like make some changes because basically what will happen is uh, the gun will or the bullet will be traveling so fast through the air if you try and model it that on one frame basically so if i shoot right at uh an enemy and the bullet is flying towards them on if it's flying quickly enough like most modern guns would on one frame it'll be in front of them so it hasn't hit them yet and then on the next frame it'll be behind them and so when the game is checking to see if it has hit them it never hit them because it didn't check on a frame when the bullet was actually colliding with the enemy player that's fascinating uh, because it's not because the way frames per second work is it's not really a smooth it's not traveling smoothly through space it's traveling piecewise yeah, and oh, it's that's weird. Only, 
<laughs> you can only do the calculation so many times. Yeah. So in order to have more like robust and realistic bullet physics, you have to do certain things. Like if you want your bullets to drop as if they're being affected by gravity over long distances. So uh, the two biggest examples are uh, Player Unknown's yeah, Battlegrounds has like that. realistic yeah. guns, and also <laughs> Battlefield does this for uh, like sniper weapons. Huh. Uh, is that the 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 bullets will drop as they go really far. And there I'm actually, I've never like specifically heard how people do this, um, how they would handle, you know, a gun, a bullet traveling, you know, and passing through something without getting hit. But, uh, generally, or what, what I would assume is that they do something like, uh, every frame, they, check where the they keep they track the position of where the bullet was on the last frame and they basically draw a line between the position of the bullet and the current frame mm-hmm. and the last frame and if that passes through the player then they they detect so it hits. does like 60 ray casts per second or something like that yeah i mean this that's speculation that most recent thing uh-huh. i said but um that 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 would probably be huh. a solution i'm not sure that there may be more uh, efficient ways to do it well that becomes a really strange thought in a game like um battlegrounds which is like multiplayer and people are using different systems i guess all mm-hmm. of this like hit detection has to be like server side server side um yeah because generally yeah because like not everyone's running in the same frames per second but i guess i guess the server that is like checking this has a s- stable frame rate and figures yeah. it out that and way that was actually that was actually a thing with overwatch and overwatch <clears throat> is new i'm not sure if you remember this but uh the tick rate uh was was lower uh, originally in Overwatch, and players demanded that uh, Blizzard up the tick rate. So the tick rate would be basically the rate at which the server is like checking for collisions and stuff uh, hmm. per second. And so players, I think it was 30 by default or like 25 when Overwatch first came out. And players could like tell for weapons that had like modeled physics because in Overwatch they have like an- enough breadth of like weird different weapons that like Hanzo's bow for example clearly like the arrows travel but something like Widowmaker's sniper rifle is like a hit scan still Um, but this actually uh, like just kind of as a tangent I don't know if you ever played like any of the Call of Duty games but in high school I I always played the Call of Duty games and the the last kill of the game uh, it'll play it in slow motion and I remember people would always like complain like oh the bullet detection is this is bullshit it doesn't make any sense because when you're watching something in slow motion that's like the the tick rate was happening or like the calculations were happening at a different speed than what you're viewing sometimes it can like look pretty wonky (laughs) oh yeah like what sorts of things might you see like a bullet going through someone without hitting them or something so yeah (laughs) you'd like you'd like shoot uh the final kill would be someone getting like shot in the head and it would just like look really weird it wouldn't look right or on one person's end of the game it would look like you'd hit someone but you hadn't Mm. uh and that kind of stuff so it's just like i don't know these games are very complicated and a lot goes into them and like yeah they're things that you just don't think about until you're faced with them and so that's kind of why i wanted to talk about like the the bullet trajectory and yeah no that's really fascinating i had never thought about the fact that like um games are not actually um like it's just weird to think that the the way that frames like a, a set distinct number of calculations per second yeah it's it's not continuous it's, it's not discrete. continuous thank you that's the word i was looking for discrete it's weird to yeah. think that like a video game simulation is always necessarily discrete whereas like real life is well i guess we don't have to get into like advanced <laughs> physics 
but sure. it, 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 simply speaking, physics is not discrete. It's continuous. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, well, with that, would you like to uh, tell the people about what game we're going to be playing uh, next week? Uh, yeah, sure. So the game we're going to be playing next week, um, and not 100% sure I'm saying this right, but I think I am, um, it is called A Century, uh, which is spelled like Ascent plus Century, uh, like a portmanteau, except the letter S is um, in parentheses. Uh, and it's a twine game um, created by Austin Walker of Waypoint, uh, also formerly of Giant Bomb. Um, yeah, and to be clear, this this game was made sometime before he was like officially in the games press. I'm pretty sure it was made sometime when he was in college. I'm not sure if he was in. I think he might have been in his like uh, post grad. I know he uh, like was. <clears throat> working on a phd or received a phd so uh i think it was made during that time i think as a project for class i'm, I'm not exactly mm. uh certain but uh if this game's a little bit tricky to find i'll post links on the twitter at edgeguardcast on twitter <laughs> uh to where you can find it but basically like i found it through like austin's old blog that he used to run when he was like in school and doing freelance games journalism and criticism uh it's like kind of tucked in the corner back there i know it's supposed to be some sort of like cyberpunk fiction mm-hmm. you know choose your own adventure twine game yep, yep. Uh, but that's basically all i know about it yep, same so, i uh, know almost I'm, nothing i think it'll be uh it'll be it'll be interesting though i mean it's a little it's a little weird that i haven't played more twine games because i like study video games in an english department it's like oh well twine mm-hmm. it's games and text uh yeah. shouldn't you study it so this will be this will be a fun little uh trip through a a different kind of video game yeah absolutely and i'm interested to see because like austin is a a critic uh, critic and a journalist of games uh first and foremost so i'm yep. like interested i don't think i've ever read any fiction by him but yeah, i love his his uh his like critical writing he's a just a really smart dude with mm-hmm. a lot of uh like he waypoint is great if you're not familiar uh waypoint.vice.com i think uh, I usually go to waypoint.zone <laughs> and that'll like <laughs> redirect you. But it's a, it's like a game criticism site that's doing a lot of cool things that not a lot of other game crit sites are doing. So definitely yeah. uh, something to check yeah, out. Check but out, anyway, yeah, check out the game and you know, while you're at it, just check out awesome walkers, other stuff. Um, yeah, definitely. But with that, uh, I guess, uh, we will, uh, talk to you next week.